This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be financial or investment advice. Seek a licensed professional for investment advice about crypto or any other investment. Welcome back to the Blazing Crypto Podcast. We are Justin and Brandon. And in today's episode, we are going to explore and ask the question and answer the question whether you should be concerned about Ethereum after the tornado cash fallout. We're also going to talk about one of the more disturbing trends in our economic situation right now that actually has potential to be bullish for assets as bad as it is, why it matters so much, and then we'll wrap it up with some thoughts on altcoins and are we buying are we holding are we selling what are we doing so justin diving right in uh, we're still in a bear market wild stuff going on but about two weeks ago we had an interesting situation um tornado cash which may be a new term to some people um sort of took the 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 news wire by storm it was blocked it was shut down the developer was arrested tell us what happened and let's talk about why people had concerns about this from an ethereum standpoint yeah. all right so there was a lot of talk uh on twitter over the last i think it's been about two weeks now um around this tornado cash debacle and kind of at a high level i'll introduce you to that so so basically Tornado Cash is an application that's built on top of Ethereum. We've talked about Ethereum being a layer one blockchain that applications can be built on top of. Well, basically this developer, um, he created this open source application that anyone can use uh, and it was being heavily used for laundering money. I don't know all of the details around, you know, exactly what his intent was. But obviously, he was uh, arrested, I think, by like the Dutch police or something like that. Uh, I didn't even know they had a police force, but uh, the, <laughs> the, he was arrested at like an airport. Um, and obviously, their you know, authorities are kind of pursuing shutting that down. But it was really, it was really um, kind of a, a big moment in crypto for a few reasons. One of them is it's the first time that any developer um, has been arrested for writing open source code. So, you know, he just built an application that, you know, the public can use, the public can have access to the to the code. They can they can take that and copy it and make their own application if they want. Um, but that was kind of like groundbreaking. The other thing, though, is a lot of people were um, discussing how a scenario like this could actually um, be sort of a vulnerability to the Ethereum network. Uh, and to really explain that, we kind of have to go through a few talking points here. So uh, basically, the the main the main argument here is on the tornado cache. When 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 that happened, authorities were starting to tell you know different exchanges and basically putting pressure on them to not accept. Uh, any Ethereum that had been essentially filtered through or um, gone through Tornado Cash. Um, and, and not everyone that was using Tornado Cash, by the way, was using it for, you know, sketchy stuff. They weren't all right. being, you know, it wasn't all illegitimate reasons. So, so then you had like different wallets that if you tried to send Ethereum that had been through, you know, Tornado Cash to the wallet, 
basically the exchange was saying, yeah, we can't accept that Ethereum. Uh, so there was basically a, a, a number of different layers where authorities were censoring what transactions are legitimate on Ethereum, legitimate, if you will, I'm not, I don't have a great word for it, but basically what transactions are clean and they were trying to right. isolate the the dirty transactions, if you will. And they were basically saying anything that's gone through Tornado Cash is dirty. Um, so that that caused you know quite the quite the uproar on Twitter because the, the the basically the the main idea there is in the future, you know, Ethereum. That's a vulnerability, basically, where governments could come in and start censoring what transactions are legitimate and what transactions are not. So it's definitely like a regulatory um, arena, if you will, that crypto has not experienced yet. And it's really kind of opened up a can of worms of, okay, just mm -hmm. how, how decentralized is the Ethereum network, right? How, how secure is proof of stake, which Ethereum is moving to? Because um, the reality is on the Bitcoin network, you know this this sort of um, infiltration or uh, uh, censorship from authorities it would not be possible um, because of the nature of how Bitcoin works and you know its decentralized nature. So that, that's kind of a, a big picture overview. I try not to get too uh, muddled in the right. details, but the yeah. I, ha I was going to say I have to I have to think about things in analogies for them to the technical details to make yeah. sense and so you know if if those details are, for someone aren't clicking it's like basically you have this Ethereum block that these authorities are saying part of, like there's like a dirty piece in it if you will to be really non-tech think of it like you know a freight um, a freight ship coming overseas and basically you have all these containers and if there's like one thing in the container, the whole container is banned and outlawed. Well, it's like if a government has the ability to do that, or let's just to be real, real base, like all the blue containers are illegal. Well, it's like they actually have the ability to shut down businesses if they can outlaw freight on the, you know, so the point is like they have a lot more power than you thought they did. And I think, you know, for all of us that are in blockchain, part of what we like is not, not, not anti-government, but it's the fact that you know it's it's like a it can it can operate on its own. It's sort of autonomous, and that that's really what piqued my interest, right? Because it was like, was that autonomy, you know, threatened, right? Because it's almost like a you know, if 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 in the English language there were like freedom of speech. Um, concerns yeah. right because this is the first time like you said a piece of open source code had ever been banned right. i mean it was essentially banned it almost would be like if if, to, if if a phrase was was banned and every book that ever contained the phrase had to be burned yeah. you're like well that we're not comfortable with that right yeah. so you know it's just a it, it was really it was really interesting um and again it's just the way that our, our our current laws and systems and government are having to contend with blockchain right it's powerful it's something they have to pay attention yeah. to, but yeah, it's 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 pretty wild. I think one of the big things that I found I don't know frustrating maybe about all of the chaos on Twitter is it's like everyone was so polarizing. Which I mean, if you've ever spent any amount of time on any social media platform, you know that's <laughs> just the na that is the nature of social media, right? Like everything right. is pushed to the extremes. So you know you've got these these Bitcoin 
crowd over here and they're trying to say, oh, it's either like, like Bitcoin is the only thing that's legitimate and everything else, everything else is hot garbage. Like if the Ethereum blockchain is the same thing as Doge, right? Like it, or, or whatever other blockchain that's more centralized, like, and that's just not the case. Uh, and then you have the Ethereum people over here getting really defensive and saying a lot of things that aren't necessarily true. Um, especially when they're saying like, oh no, like this, proof of stake is just as decentralized or censorship resistant as proof of work. And uh, Ethereum is, you know, just as impenetrable as Bitcoin, if you will. And, and things that just, just aren't true. It's like they're in denial of being able to come right. to the table and say, hey, yeah, like Ethereum isn't Bitcoin. You know, if Ethereum is going to pursue this smart contract um, strategy where they're, you know, for Ethereum to grow and flourish in, you know, across the world, it's going to have to face certain levels of um, compliance and it's going to mm -hmm. have to work through, um, basically, it's going to have to work through compliance with government agencies uh, to make sure that, yeah, like it's not just this Wild West where anyone can go create you know, applications that are mostly used for terrible things. I don't want that. Like I, I want crypto to be right. compliant, to be used in a, in a, a positive way that impacts the world, you know, in, in a positive way. And so it's, it's a spectrum. Yeah. And I think a lot of, a lot of I, people's idealism is being crushed as legislation and, and framework and, you know, um, that has to regulatory frameworks has to step in but that's actually what creates the adoption that we all talk about wanting, yep. right? So it's like a can't live in a forever idealism. Yep. You know, Justin, we talk a lot of, on this show about mindset, and we're really big in, in terms of we, we don't react knee-jerk, you know, from the hip on, on a story, right? It's really easy to, to write a, a tabloid headline on the story, right? You know, is Ethereum done yep. forever? But we want to think about, always want to think about, blockchain, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, whatever you want to say, we want to think about it as investors and we want to think about it from a technology perspective, right? We want to like, so, so it's like, a, like you just mentioned, okay, well, Ethereum, Ethereum's an emerging technology. It's not even 10 years old yet. Wouldn't you expect an emerging, emerging technology to hit walls, obstacles, challenges, right? Like that, if it's not hitting those, I would almost argue it's not trying to be good enough. It's it's not trying to tackle something new enough, hard enough, important enough, right? So hitting the obstacles, I mean, you know, the owner of the company I work at says, basically the fact that we have issues means that there's something good happening is we're pushing against, you know, you get the point. So I, I just want to step back, right? And it's like not be a prisoner of the moment, right? Not have to have this emotional reaction. Um, and again, I you know I hate stuff like that too, right? Because it's like you have to ask questions that you'd rather not yeah. ask. Um, and Justin, you and I probably spent three hours on Sunday. Uh, I mean, having to legitimately dig yeah. pretty deep to figure out what's going on, 
what level of concern, what questions, you know, and even finding good information was, like you said, because of all the tribalism, everybody runs to their base to defend it. It was just hard yeah. to find good information. Yeah. My, I think where I've kind of like landed on all of it, um, actually, uh, it's like just because Ethereum isn't as decentralized and as censorship resistant as Bitcoin, which by the way, like, you're comparing it to the most decentralized, most secure like network that has ever existed in like the history of computing. So <laughs> like that's what we're right. comparing it to. Just because it's not as as you know secure as the Bitcoin network doesn't make it any less innovative. Right? So I, like I'm investing in Ethereum because of the innovation, because of the technology. And I recognize the risks, the hurdles that it has to overcome, kind of like as you put it. So to me, it doesn't necessarily take away from the value proposition of Ethereum, but it does certainly make me kind of, yeah, I, I want to recognize the risks that are there and kind of understand the, right. you know, the ramifications of that. Yeah, for sure. And, and I, just for the, the like the listeners, right? Like like you and I have very similar outlooks on Bitcoin and Ethereum. I, I probably lean slightly towards the Bitcoin side. You lean slightly towards the Ethereum side. But like make no mistake. I mean, I fully expect that Ethereum has more different kinds of use cases than Bitcoin does, right? I mean, you know, IBM's building on it. You're going to have mortgage companies writing, you know, the, their their code and their products and new. I mean, it's just it's almost infinite and limitless, right? So, again, expecting these kind of hurdles, I expect Ethereum you know, facing more of this kind of stuff than Bitcoin will, um, which which again doesn't make it. It's just trying to accomplish it. It's a different yeah. path, right? Uh, last thing I'll say is you, know, you mentioned it's not as you know whatever is Bitcoin. It's like well, listen, there are some races where I'd be happy finishing second. <laughs> if I could finish yeah. second in the Boston Marathon, that's a pretty good outcome. And so yeah, we, it doesn't have to be all or nothing, great or sucks. You know, th yeah. those are not the only two options on the table. So, yeah. you know, a little bit of reason, a little bit of perspective, and uh, you know, we're back on yeah. our feet. All right, so switching gears, uh, let off the show talking about a trend in just larger economy stuff that is just, it's troubling, and it's also the biggest reason that I invest in Bitcoin. Um, and I, I that may sound like hyperbole, but it actually isn't. Um, you know, over, and I'm not picking on sort of this current U.S. White House, you know, um, um, the word just slipped my mind, uh, the current administration. I'm not, not picking on them, just highlighting recent events, right? And we haven't changed presidents in a while. So, you know, we've got these, you know, defend and support Ukraine bill. We've got the fight and fight and, you know, against inflation bill. We've got the forgive uh, college tuition bill or whatever. And it's like, I'm not going to debate the merits or lack thereof of any of that stuff. That's not the point. The point is, uh, anytime I, my ears have started to be trained, anytime I hear 700 billion here, 800 million there, you know, 10,000 per American here, you realize that that's happening on the backs of increasing monetary supply. To be more crude about it, we're talking about printing money. And 
I've realized that the that the this administ- the administration from the presidential standpoint, the Fed, these other entities, they have ways of disguising the language so that you don't realize that when they talk about a stimulus or quote unquote forgiveness, <laughs> it sounds like they're just like eliminating things, and it's like yeah, that that doesn't work, right? Um, that's not how it actually goes. Uh, and so the point is, money is being created to to do these things, right? These were not bills that they planned for two or three years ago. We've kind of been, you know, saving up or whatever. So, all that being said, um, this was really shocking to me. So I think we, I think we, uh, the Fed printed six trillion, created six trillion new dollars during sort of the thirty month COVID window. Um, and that was just a massive increase in monetary supply. How many dollars were out there? There's more complicated ways of explaining that. But today, today there is 40% more money, monetary supply in circulation, 40% more than at the peak of COVID. So it's like off of COVID, we are at an, a 40-year high on inflation, eight and a half, nine and a half, whatever the actual number is. <laughs> And we're still like outpacing all-time high. We all we can do is print money. So, and again, I'm not I'm, I'm not going after individual policies, administrations. They're all doing it, right? I mean, they're all yeah. doing it. Um, on top of that, uh, Justin, we've been talking about this a little bit in Discord, just because I frankly I find it interesting along these lines. I mean, Germany is facing a massive energy crisis. Their energy, consumer energy bills are literally, literally going through the roof. Um, I mean, 7X, 10X. I mean, imagine if you had got an energy bill that was $2,500. I mean, like, what would you even yeah. do? You know what I mean? And I don't have actual numbers, but it's astronomical. Um, the U.S., one in six um, citizens is behind, significantly behind on their utility bill. And so we're just starting to see these compounding effects. Well, it's like if people can't pay their heating bill as we get into sort of, you know, these colder months here in three or four months, I mean, the government's going to step in. They're going to step in. It, that is not even going to be an option. So all I'm saying, big picture, is it that I think all these arrows point one direction. They point towards the government, the U.S. government, other global, you know, uh, governments, it's just this money printing thing is not going to slow yeah. down. It, it's too late. We are too far gone, and that that is my number one macroeconomic conviction, and that leads me right to Bitcoin. Yep. Bitcoin is the only asset that was really created to directly solve that problem. And now, Justin, as we've talked about, you've mentioned this, you know, other other assets, I mean, obviously gold and silver and Apple stock and, and commodities and bond, other other assets, stock market, other things will benefit from increase in monetary supply because that's how it works. But Bitcoin was, was specifically created because of this problem and specifically designed to, I mean, dare I say, like solve this yeah. problem or give people an alternate solution out of this situation. Yep. Um, so I'll kind of cut it off there, but, but Justin, I'm just curious, you know, 
What what about that sort of stands out to you? Echoes to you? Any thoughts you want to add? Yeah, to me, I I, I mean, I kind of, it's rephrasing what you said. You know, Bitcoin is is there to. It's not just that Bitcoin is there to solve that problem. It's that Bitcoin is the only cryptocurrency out of all the thousands of cryptocurrencies that is solving that problem and that can solve that problem. So um, I don't know. It reminds me of uh, our, our Bitcoin series we did. I th- I think that was like three or four months ago. It, it's It's been so uh, a while now. Um, but right. yeah, like we talked about the value, you know, the value prop of Bitcoin and um, that whole series, I really encourage you to go back and kind of like listen through that if you haven't, because um, it really, we dive a lot deeper on really what makes Bitcoin unique and specifically how it solves that problem. We, we get into a lot of that. So um, I would definitely encourage people to kind of go back and listen to that if you haven't already. Yeah. So even though, you know, economically, right, like things are, are still sort of, you know, we're not really getting out of the situation yet. Again, not maybe not immediately, yeah. but all the arrows are pointing in one direction and that it just becomes clearer and clearer by the yep. day. Um, so, again, it's just a, it's a it's a, these big bright flashing bulbs in my mind right and again like you said i'm 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 buying other cryptocurrency right i'm buying solana i'm buying ethereum i'm buying a few other things but i'm specifically buying bitcoin because of that and i have a massive amount of conviction that that is not they're not going to stop doing the other thing i'll say i guess to close that up um specifically like if you're listening to this brandon brandon isn't unique with this perspective, right? There, there's a lot of, um, like, there's a lot of CEOs uh, of major, like, publicly traded companies, very smart business people, um, macroeconomic, you know, analysts that have this perspective that realize, okay, Bitcoin solves this specific problem. Um, so yeah, like, companies with billions of dollars people with billions of dollars and people, you know, that don't have billions of dollars like you and me, <laughs> like this, this is why we buy Bitcoin. It, it's not to try to, it's right. not to try to like catch a 10 X and, and make some side cash, right? Like, yeah, that like everyone wants to catch a 10 X. I'm not denying that, but like, that's not why we're buying Bitcoin. It's not right. to chase a pump. Uh, I, I can't yep. like reinforce that's, that no, enough. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Bitcoin for me, and I'm not saying I wouldn't trade in and out of it a little bit or take profits. I'm not saying that. Bitcoin is at minimum a 10 to 12 year play for me. And, and I would say it's probably more like 20 to 30 year. Like, it, you know, this is not a, yeah, this is not a, hey, I, I'd love to get a quick 3x or whatever, yeah. right? This is not, I'm not in yeah. it for that. Because again, I don't think, I don't think that situation will ever, ever turn yeah. around. Um, a lot more to say there, um, but again, just want to. We got there's all these charts and there's all this stuff, and it, you dive into the 15 minute charts and all the numbers are moving, and it's like no, 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 zoom out. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. So again, as long as you have the patience and you know the free cash to to buy and hold and sit and wait, it. I feel like I know where this thing is going, right? And not financial advice. Do your own research, but just want to pump. Uh, pump that level of yeah. conviction into everybody's ears tonight. <laughs> All right, we will uh, we'll move on to something a little more fun and interesting, maybe. Um, 
So Justin, we've been talking for a little while about like just from like our mindset is like you know we don't want to be buying altcoins. Let's let's go there. We don't want to be buying altcoins while we're sort of shifting from bull to bear, uh, while the prices are coming down and falling rapidly and, you know, gosh, in June, diving off a cliff. So I'm going to kind of resurface the question to you. Um, we, we kind of have seemed to found, you know, at least obviously a local bottom. I mean, we've been flat chopping sideways for, you know, probably a couple months now. Is now, and I say now, right, 30, 60 days, whatever, right now, you know, it is is now a good time to buy altcoins is there something else you're waiting for how are you kind of assessing the altcoin situation and maybe you can also speak to why we're even asking that question why it's so important but go ahead take it take it in order as you like so altcoins one of the i think i was telling you brandon the other night like i i love altcoins uh because like that is it's just fun to me like there's something very um, exciting, you know, about buying whatever, you know, like last cycle. I don't know. I think we were we were buying something like Doge at like a, a tenth of one penny, right? And you know, you, you ride it for like a whatever gain you can, and then watch it just keep going to you know to the moon. Uh, so that roller coaster ride is really exciting to me, uh, and it's something I've always enjoyed. The but I think one of the the big things that I need to flag is it works in both directions, right? So just like you have absolute explosive, you know, parabolic moves upward in price, you also have not as explosive move downward, but it's a much, like, it comes all the way back down. It just takes a little bit longer to do it, right? It might move up in a week, but it takes like two, you know, two years to come all the way back down. Um, so to me, entry is really important, um, you know, because you want to make sure that you're not buying into an altcoin that still has 75% of a drop left in it because, you know, yeah, no one wants to do that. So I've been watching altcoins for the last, I guess, you know, six months. I haven't really, I guess, eight months now. I haven't really touched them. Um, I'm not buying here, um, but I, I guess if I could like put it on a spectrum, like, Six months ago, it would have been a horrible decision to buy altcoins. Today, it's no longer horrible, but I think I can get a better entry. <laughs> uh, there, you, Justin, you you've done a really good job of helping me understand. It just isn't obvious, but helping me understand if if a if a token or coin is worth ten cents and it drops to three cents, that's a seventy percent drop. And if it drops from three cents to you bought it three and it drops to a penny and a half, a penny and a half to three doesn't seem like a lot, but that is a, you would, you would have lost. If you put $500 in, you would have be, you'd be down $250. That's a 50% drop. It doesn't seem like that, but that, I mean, it's, it's percentages. It's not correct. Yeah. So, um, I will say basically my, my approach to altcoins has been, um, I, like I want to see them absolutely decimated. Like I'm looking for altcoins to retrace 97 to 98 percent, some of them more, from their all-time high. Um, and there are a lot of coins that are starting to approach that. Um, you know, I've got list like a list of 20, for example, and a lot of them are starting to approach like 95 percent drawback. 
Um, but the funny thing is, for it to, you know, go from a minus ninety five percent to a minus ninety seven percent, it's actually a whole another fifty percent drop, just in in those two percent delta, kind of as you were just describing it. So. Yes, right. it's getting closer to my buy entry, but honestly, I think there's still a, a, a long way to go um, for altcoins. One of the things, oh, and I was going to say, go ahead, one that. of the things that like I'm, I'm looking at multiple um, data points for that. But one of the big ones I like to watch is essentially in a bear market. Let's say Bitcoin drops, you know, fifty percent in a bear market. Well, you would expect altcoins to drop, let's say, 99% when Bitcoin makes a 50% you know, drawdown. So it's, it's really about watching Bitcoin while I'm watching altcoins and seeing just how bad altcoins are getting hit harder than Bitcoin. Um, and then, so if you have that framework in mind, I'm watching altcoins right now, and altcoins have actually been holding up against Bitcoin pretty well compared to how they normally behave in a bear market. So I, I'm, I'm basically coming right. to that and I'm saying, I I don't feel comfortable buying here. I'm happy to wait and and see kind of like what happens. Because the reality is Bitcoin could go sideways right now for the next eight weeks. It could go slightly up, it could go slightly down and altcoins just get absolutely hammered. And that's kind of the, the, the final leg of capitulation that I'm looking for. And that'll signal some some good buying opportunities for me. Yeah, that's helpful. And yeah, I, I just, I will say, I mean, I, I find that information very useful, very valuable. Um, I remember buying a few things in Solana being one of them in August of 2020. And I bought it, you know, $6 and it like immediately fell to $3. And you're like, oh, I just lost half of the money that I put in. And again, you know, if, if, if you're not willing to lose 50%, you shouldn't be in crypto, yeah. but that's a different <laughs> that's story. True. But the, but, but speaking, I mean, on, on the other side, though, right? Like, if we can find a better entry on some of these higher risk things, and and again, I'll, I'll, I'm going to caveat a ton here. We, Justin and I, I mean, I don't know what the actual percentage would be, but like, I mean, if if I was to put money on Dogecoin, I mean, it's like maybe one percent of one percent of my portfolio. I'm I'm I, I I'm not. Right. I'm not putting 5% of my portfolio into Dogecoin. And we talk about Dogecoin for fun. Um, but there's other alt projects in the decentralized finance space or um, L2, Layer 2 scaling solutions that help Ethereum process more transactions for cheaper, right? And, you know, Polygon or Matic or whatever. There's other legitimate projects. You know, maybe I put $500 in it or $100 in it. I'm, I, so we're not talking. I want everyone to hear yeah. it from that from that framework. We are not going all in. Um but again, it's like you do have 20, 50, 100x opportunities, but the timing is is really timing mat I'll say this. Timing matters more than which token you pick. Do you agree with that, oh, Justin? Yeah. Macro is greater than micro. You know, so people normally think, oh, I gotta research and find the perfect thing. Uh-uh. Right. If you find if you find the bottom of the wave before it starts crashing again, going up, I don't know that that blew up. But if you find the bottom, it doesn't matter what right. you buy. Close your eyes, throw it in a randomizer. It's all going yeah. up. I agree. Um, 
We'll, we'll, we'll break that down <laughs> a little bit later when it, maybe that time is closer. I'll also say, you know, we, we teased the idea, and I, I, I still don't know. It's tough. It's tough to know with what all the mess is going on right now in the world. You know, it teased that idea of a, of a possible bear market rally like we saw in 2019. Timing has sort of confluence with the midterm elections, and historically that has some precedent. It's real noisy, kind of big cloud of dust. But, but from what you just said, so Justin is saying, hey, I'm still expecting another leg down for altcoins. And then you hear me saying, well, maybe there's this, this, this rally. And you're like, how do you reconcile that? What, what I would say is I have full confidence and I, I'm planning to buy altcoins when they go down another layer. It may be that we have to wait until December through March or April of next year to get there. I don't know when we're going to get there. I have a high degree of confidence that it's going to happen. So does that make yeah. sense, Justin? Or are you on the same page yeah, there? Definitely. Timing timing is very difficult in the, yeah, right now. I, w- I would definitely agree with that. I'm prepared for that to happen next week, and I'm prepared to have to wait six months. Um, so, But I think that the main point there is being prepared and, and, and having a plan. You don't want to be trying to figure out your plan, you know, right while things are like dropping 50 percent you know in 15 in a 15 minute window <laughs> that's not the time it's too late so yeah. exactly exactly and we'll be we'll be following this this situation a lot closer you know that's obviously one one of the reasons we have discord um we talk about specific price targets specific projects uh we tease out a few trades that we're, we're looking at interested in and as things start to get more exciting and explosive that will only increase. So uh, if that's of interest to you, if this conversation is interesting to you, uh, check it out at blazingcrypto.io slash join. And that'll give you all the information you need about how to maybe go another layer deeper uh, with us, with our group, and with some of this information. All right, guys, we we went through Ethereum. We talked about money printing. We talked about altcoins. Uh, That's going to do it for today's show. So thank you guys for listening. And until next time, for Justin, I'm Brandon. We'll see you later. For more information, check out our website at blazingcrypto.io. Additionally, if you have friends that are new to crypto, share our trailhead videos from our website, which is a great way to get introduced to crypto.